This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. This is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief, and I'm very excited about today's program because we're going to be talking about a topic very near and dear to my heart, which is electric motorcycles. And my guest today on the program is Craig Bramsher, who is the CEO of a company called Bramo Motorsports, who has a product called the Inertia Bike. Craig, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. My sincere pleasure. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm one of these. I've been a longtime motorcycle enthusiast and had had actually given it up, not so much for the gas reasons, uh, but for uh, having kids about six years ago. And so I've been looking as I my kids get a little bit, you know, start to get a little bit older. I'm starting to look at, you know, maybe getting back into motorcycles, but clearly want to go with a zero emissions vehicle. And so I was fascinated to hear about what uh, Bramo is doing with the inertia bike. Why don't you just give us a little background about the company, the product? And, and sort of how you got to be where you are today. Sure. I, I'm also a, a kind of a long-time uh, motorcycle and motorsports enthusiast, having uh, you know been a hot rodder as a kid and ha- I was driving motorcycles probably before I was really supposed to be doing that. And uh, I, I've kind of been in the same same boat as, as you with young kids around. My wife's been a little leery of the one-liter power superbikes. <laughs> and so, uh, but she's very excited about this product as well because it's really designed to be a solution not necessarily for people that are uh, dyed-in-the-wool motorcycle advocates, although we know that a lot of our customers will be. It's also designed to be not intimidating like a traditional motorcycle. So the, to back up, the company was founded in 2001. We actually set out to build a supercar uh, for pro-athlete-sized guys out of my own frustration for uh, not being able to find an appropriate sports car because I'm a, I'm a big guy. Uh, okay. And so, but along the way, we realized that um, we wanted to be a niche specialty vehicle manufacturer. And we started exploring electric several years ago, but the battery technology was not quite there. And so over the last 18 months or so, we've developed this new product called the Inertia, which is 100% plug-in. It's um, leveraging all the experience that we've had in both the supercar and then another product we um, manufacture and sell in North America called the Aerial Atom. And that's a super lightweight vehicle. It's four-wheel uh, car, but it's a lot like a motorcycle in terms of it's open to the air, but it's quite quick, and it's designed on a very fuel-efficient Ecotec motor. But now that we're pr- producing the bike and we'll be shipping it uh, next year, it leverages all that technology that, that we've learned. So, for instance, the chassis is a carbon fiber monocoque chassis similar to what you would imagine on a Formula One, mm-hmm. one car, and it ends up being 
uh, 16-pound chassis, and to, to put it in perspective, a motocross lightweight, you know, uh, KTM 125, for instance, is probably about 22 pounds. Mm, okay. So I'm, I'm interested, and I know that you, you spoke of the Atom a minute ago, and I know we were mainly talking about the motorcycle, but I just wanted to point out, I guess uh, Jay Leno has had one of those in his collection, as a matter of fact, as I've read. Yes, he, he actually had one of the first ones, and he was quite helpful in, it, in getting GM involved in the testing and the use of the, their little Ecotech motor. Uh, does he does he ride motorcycles as well? I think you can get him interested in this one. He, he does. He has uh, you know hundreds in his collection, some very unique ones. So we're definitely going to um, see if we can't drop one by a studio and see what he thinks. Well, hey, I, I'm not quite in the neighborhood, but you know if you wanted to, <laughs> I'm always happy to test drive. <laughs> Actually, I would like to do a test drive on, on this. Something. You guys are up in Ashland, Oregon, is that correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we're just just up the five. You know. So. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm going to have to make the trip. Yeah. Um, in some sort of electric vehicle of course. Um, but so I'm curious about uh, how does the inertia's energy efficiency compare to other motorcycles on the market? Well, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question because many people have asked us, aren't motorcycles already very efficient? Well, it turns out they're not very efficient, relatively speaking. So, And they're definitely not very good on the emission side because uh, government hasn't really pushed on uh, the emissions out of a motorcycle engine. So it's much easier to get a motorcycle certified for the road in terms of emission. And the efficiency, uh, as an example, the inertia is about two and a half times more efficient than a motorcycle, a traditional motorcycle, and almost three times more efficient than a cafe standard car. Mm-hmm. So we've got some kind of interesting stats on our website at inertiabike.com that kind of shows these relative numbers. The, the kind of the most exciting thing that we found, though, is that the, what we're calling, um, you know, the carbon footprint is what everybody's referring to in most of the mainstream press. And even if you count the fact that you may have to burn coal or do hydro or something to generate the electricity for the bike, it ends up being only 8% of the footprint of a traditional car, and it's about 20% of the footprint of a standard motorcycle. So, Certainly, it's a long way from you know having something that's consuming gas. So, yeah, it, effectively, it ends up being three hundred plus miles to the gallon. Wow! And it ends that's up being thirty thirty two cents to fill it up, <laughs> and uh, about point seven cents a mile. Huh? Well, well yeah, just to refrain on something you mentioned a minute ago, you talked about uh, emissions, and I know in traditional motorcycles, from what I understand, and this is from we, we actually one of our staff interns who does some of the writing on our site is a MIT. Um, master's degree student who uh, in transportation and wrote actually the article on our site about motorcycles and includes something about motors, uh, electric motorcycles. And I learned from her that, um, that the, the carbon isn't so much the issue, but just in terms of air quality, that traditional gas-powered motorcycles fail, fail pretty miserably. They're, they release anywhere from like 15 to 20 times more pollution than a new car. Absolutely, and so there's a lot to be gained by by an electric motorcycle specifically. Yeah, yeah, and never mind the the coolness factor, which is yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Well, one of the things on the coolness factor that surprised me, um, because I've had probably. 40 motorcycles in my life so I was actually even as the as the owner of the company that produced the first you know electric production motorcycle I was sure I was going to miss the noise 
you know, the the exciting sound of the run, twisting run, the throttle. Yeah. yeah. And what amazed me is that um, there's actually a different kind of excitement around the effortless propulsion that feels like where did you know I'm moving quickly now and where did that come from? It's kind of and and you get the sense of the G's without the the noise. Um, and so the only thing I've been able to equate it to is the feeling of a, like a, a sailplane or uh, riding a bike when you're a kid and standing up on the pegs and putting your arms out like you're, like you're flying. Right, you know? right, so right. It's been quite fun. Well, it's interesting to, that you bring that up because that's, that's something that I think people do. There's, there's these old paradigms, but you, know, you, you bring up a good point, which is there's also you know, with the speed thing of you know, being on a bicycle, we all sort of have that in our childhood memories too. So there is, it's not just about the, the, um, the normal of the engine. Um, there's other ways we can experience it. But, that, but in other areas of sort of going green or becoming more sustainable, there are paradigm shifts that have to happen with people. They have to let go, but they can then experience something completely different. One of the things that fascinates me about um, whether it's a motorcycle or a car that's more noiseless or you know, relatively speaking, uh, is the ability to experience more of what's going on around you and not just hearing, only hearing the one foot around you of the volume of noise that being emitted from your vehicle. Right, and that, that, that is one of the surprising things when you do get to ride this. Suddenly, you're um, like on a motorcycle, you're aware of smells that you weren't normally aware of when you drive by in a car. But now with a, a quiet motorcycle, you're uh, aware of sound. So you, you can actually hear birds at a stop sign, you know, yeah. and things. And, and you can hear people comment on how gorgeous the bike is you're driving. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> like, you know, things like that. But uh, even more importantly, the, the one thing that we get asked quite often is, the issue around do loud pipes really save lives? And if you're a motorcyclist, you know that the number one rule is you have to be in charge and be a defensive driver. And one of the things that we're surprised about is that you actually get a sense back. You can hear things now. So, like, I've been startled many times on my uh, Ducati by having a uh, ambulance come up right next to me and wave to me to get over because I didn't hear them. Yeah. And so now um, on this bike, it's very clear you can hear transportation or, you know, horns or anything from around you quite comfortably because you already have a helmet on to to limit that at some level. Yeah, well, that that makes perfectly logical sense, and I've never agreed with the, the people that say loud pipes save anything other than, uh, you know, they, what the only thing they do is they kind of hurt people's eardrums. And I, I dig, I mean, I dig the, the loud bike thing to a degree, but I think that, you know, being able to hear certainly from a defensive driving standpoint is important, and, and you're, I absolutely agree with you on the fact that, you know, it is completely the onus when you get on the bike, no matter what kind of bike it is, you have to just expect that everybody else isn't going to see you, isn't going to hear you. You know, it's just going to be completely oblivious to you because you're a small object, and they're 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 in a car world looking for cars. Yeah. And uh, ha- having almost been hit twice in my life, uh, it wouldn't have mattered how loud my pipe was. <laughs> right. In both circumstances. So. Right. Right. So I think it helps more on the defensive side, and, and by the time they hear you, they've already hit you. They say. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to be. Yeah. You have to be a really heads up driver. Um, yes. So I'm I'm curious about a little bit more on the technology side on the batteries. And I know, you know, batteries with any electric vehicles, it always really comes down to a discussion of batteries at some point, the technologies. Um, I understand you guys are using uh, lithium phosphate versus lithium ion, which I understand the lithium ions, which you're not using, have actually blow up when punctured. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. The, the, the big issue and the reason we've cho- chosen Va- Valence as our battery partner is uh, of the people that have product already out in market and a safety um, uh, issue going, it's definitely... Uh, you know, one of the concerns. So that when we saw the, the video of Valence taking a uh, 
a high-powered rifle and shooting it through the battery and not having it explode or, you know, turn into flames like other batteries, we figured that's probably the most appropriate battery to put between your legs. Right. <laughs> you know, so so that's why we chose it. It is a little more expensive than standard lithium-ion, but it is lighter and it is much safer in our view. Okay. And so what about the other tech specs about the bike for people that are out there that are, that are interested on, on this side of it? Um, how quickly does it accelerate? I, I heard something. I think actually I was watching one of your videos and somebody was referencing a statistic of I believe it was 0 to 50 in 6 seconds. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Yeah, that, that's right. It's not. We've designed it specifically. One of, the, one of the odd things about electric motors is all the torque is available at 1 RPM. So you could make this thing so it's a wheelie burnout machine, but, <laughs> but we, we've really designed it and set the software so that the bike doesn't get away from you. We've really focused the first one not on the super performance of Fasionados, but really on on people that want transportation and maybe are more intimidated by the bigger bigger bikes. Or, or on the other side, maybe aren't like myself, aren't really into the scooter thing. Like I'm not a Vespa scooter person. It's not, yeah. I, I think they're cool. I you know whenever I'm in Florence. Italy. I love seeing all the Vespas, blah, blah, blah. But for me personally, it's not a choice. And so I think that everyday travel motorcycle category or motorbike, whatever you want to call it, is, is uh, you know, a tweener between those two, the sport bike and the, you know, and the, uh, the Vespa sort of thing. Absolutely. And I, I, that was one of the reasons we didn't build a scooter is I look like a bear on a circus and a Vespa. How tall are you? I'm, I'm 6'4", yeah. and, uh, you know, football chassis, so I am not by any stretch of the imagination petite, yeah. and I feel quite comfortable on, on this on this bike. Yeah. It's, a, no, it's a nice-looking bike. I like. I definitely spent some time looking at it on the site, and it look, looks great. Um, Thanks, and we're, we're always told it's much better in person because you don't get some of the sculpting features, and it's quite uh, slender, and it's uh, 275 pounds, and most of the weight, because of the batteries, is down between the foot pegs, so it feels very comfortable and it's very you know like if you've never driven a motorcycle one of the most intimidating things is the gears and the clutch but then the second thing is when you stop and put your feet down or one foot down is this thing going to toss you over and this bike just feels much more like a bicycle yeah well you, you mentioned that it's funny i had to hear about that about the acceleration potential that in one rpm because i mean that would be a super wheelie machine i think that would actually put you on your back right um, right that but it's it's amazing about electric drivetrain technology is that it just there's just almost Almost unlimited uh, acceleration. Well, it's not unlimited, but it's certainly in terms of human limits. Um, yes. You know, it's the ability to handle the acceleration, and that's why we get this. Just so, if you are into performance, uh, it's certainly uh, even more available with electric vehicles potentially than it is with uh, with gas uh, vehicles. It, it is, and we've got you know future models coming out that'll be more performance oriented as well. And you know, as far as other specs that are of interest to the audience, I know that. Um, I think that I read that it was 275 pounds. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. So it's it's about the weight of a lot of the you know 250 to 350 uh, multi sports. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the battery charging, uh, how long, uh, how far on a charge, and how long to charge the battery? Yeah, it, it, it's about 50 mile range. Um, you know, 45 to 50, depending on how you drive it. If you spend more time on the freeway, it's on the lower side. And if you're just around town, obviously, every time you stop, you're not using any juice at all except for the headlight. So, um, and the battery charges completely in three hours. So, even calling it 45 miles in the course of a day, you know, the idea is you drive it to work, you can plug it in at work. It, it plugs in wherever you can plug in a laptop, so you could bring it right next to your desk and. 
you know, plug it into a 110 standard outlet, and it's charged up by lunchtime. And then if you wanted to take a 40-mile, 45-mile cruise at lunch and then back, um, you know, and charge it up for the rest of the day, so you could get effectively, you know, 130 miles out of it in a day. Right. But now, as far as, like, the logistics of that, having the bike at work and not being able to bring the bike into work. How right. Would, yeah. But you can just, you know, either an extension cord or, as we're hoping, the great thing about a 110 charging infrastructure is you're never more than about two feet away from the grid. So That's true. Uh, and there's uh, outdoor uh, plugs in a lot of buildings, yeah, too. Yeah. Buildings. I mean, literally, you know, landscape lights and things like that, you know, can make sense. And obviously, we're already talking to people like our city to say, what can we do to do a charging infrastructure, you know, maybe that is already, maybe there's already electricity going to each of your uh, parking meters. So what can we do? Yeah. You know, so we're coming up with some ideas around that as well. Very cool. So what's the f- future look like? And w- well, I should ask you, even before we get into the future, w- for this particular bike, the inertia bike, uh, when's it shipping? The magic question, of course, $64,000 question. And uh, also, what's the, what's the next wave behind it? I understand you have a, 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 bar- a bike that's coming in at a little bit lower price point that's a, sort of a second gen. Right. Uh, essentially, we're doing a limited edition. Probably um, we're marketing those at fourteen nine ninety five. Those are the ones that... Um, people are already signing up for putting deposits down. They're going to be serialized, limited edition, all carbon, all hand-built. Um, it probably won't be over 300 of those. Those will all ship in the first two quarters of next year. In Q3, we begin shipping the production version, which will be 11.995, which it will have a less carbon fiber, a little bit more aluminum, but essentially will look like the same bike and perform like the same bike. Um, and that one will be in, um, we're taking reservations for those as well. Those don't require a deposit right now. Um, and we're starting to build up a pretty good backlog of interest in those as well. So if you want to get in on the carbon fiber version, now's the time to jump to get on that limited right, production. Right. Yeah. We, we imagine, you know, we've had several people call and ask how many can I get because I, I can see it being a collector's edition and, and we, we aren't putting a limitation on that right now. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear about that. The price range seems totally reasonable and, and right because I know that a lot of the first entries to this market have been, uh, as with as we've seen with the Tesla and the electric car market, which is a really cool car and lightning car, you're talking about cars that are over $100,000 and are not for the every every person for a commute vehicle. Right. It's a sports aficionado, and that's great, but, you know, and then, and with, uh, as uh, we've seen with the first entries in the electric uh, motorcycle market, you know, there's been conversion kits or, or bikes that have been out there that are, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of $70,000, $80,000, so it's good to see one that's uh, more in the reach of every man, uh, every woman out there. Right, and our goal is obviously to trend down the price of the bike as the cost of uh, the batteries go to commodity. We're gonna we're gonna always be shopping for you know better better batteries. Um, and right now we believe Valence has the edge, and, and they're working closely with us to to work with our volume and try to get the price down because we know we'll sell more units the lower we can get that. And it is the predominant cost in the vehicle. Um, do you, would the battery sizes change in the future? So, for example, if you were to or Valence was to come out with a higher capacity or even different battery technology, would it be possible to swap that and do an upgrade? A- a- absolutely. And we've designed the bike around that. So the chassis itself is like a battery case, um, and it's designed around a large battery volume. So we can definitely, you know, have upgrades to batteries. Well, as a technology guy, I really appreciate up- upgradability. So that's, <laughs> that's a big feature plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're in the same boat. 
Well, Craig, I could talk to you about motorcycles literally all day, but unfortunately <laughs> we are out of time for today. Uh, so I just want to thank you, and I'm going to sign off here, but I just want to say to everybody who's listening in today that uh, Craig Bramshaw, CEO of uh, Bramo Motorsports, uh, who's maker of the Inertia Bike, has been my guest today. You can find them online at www.inertiabike.com, and I want to make sure I spell that. It's not like normal inertia. It's E-N-E-R-T-I-A-B-I-K-E.com. Craig, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. I hope you'll come back again and give us an update uh, sometime in the future. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.